The good word today is once again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I want to focus our attention on this little word, idols. In verse 9 it says, They turn to God from idols to serve the living and the true God. Now, there's a contrast here between idols and God. Idols are false gods. Jesus is the true God. Idols are dead gods. And Jesus Christ is the living God. Now, I want to talk to you about idols. All through the Bible, you find this warning against idolatry. You say, well, Pastor Wiersbe, uh, we don't have that problem among evangelical Christians today. Well, maybe we don't think we have the problem, but we do. I was preaching through 1 John some time ago in our Calvary Baptist Church, and I was amazed to get to the last verse of the last chapter of 1 John. Now, 1 John has to deal with fellowship with God, has to deal with living like a born-again Christian, showing love to the Lord and to the Lord's people. And it's amazing, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, the last thing that John writes to these people is, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now, it's obvious that John here is talking about something different from what you and I are accustomed to thinking about idols. We see missionary movies, and we see the awful picture of men and women and children bowing down before grotesque statues carved by men, and we say, how could they be so foolish? And yet, in our modern civilization today, so-called Christian civilization, I'm afraid there's a great deal of idolatry. Let's answer four questions about idolatry. We may not finish them in today's lesson, but we'll start anyway. Four questions about idolatry. First of all, what is idolatry? What is idolatry? Now, the answer to that question is going to come from Romans chapter 1. Now, you say we're studying 1 Thessalonians. That's true, but all Scripture is inspired of God. All Scripture is profitable. And one passage in the Word of God helps to explain another passage. By the way, I want to recommend to you that when you study your Bible, you use your cross-references. And here in Romans chapter 1, Paul is telling us where idolatry came from. It's not a very pretty picture. Here it is, Romans chapter 1. In verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein, that is, in this gospel of Jesus Christ, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now this raises a question. Why is the gospel needed? The answer is because men are lost in sin. And verse 18 talks about this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. You see, in verse 17, the righteousness of God was revealed in the gospel. But now the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. What kind of men? Men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, you and I were taught in high school and in college the religion we have today, Christianity, or the belief in one God, whether it be Christianity or Judaism or whatever religion it may be. Now, you and I were taught in school that at one time people believed in many gods, but over the centuries they refined their religion and came to believe in the one and only God. In other words, men began polytheistic, that means many gods, but now today they are not polytheistic. They believe in one God. They are monotheistic. 
And man evolved this very wonderful religion we have from these very poor beginnings. That's what you're taught in school. You pick up any book on the evolution of religion, and they'll tell you this. Paul says just the opposite. Paul makes it very clear in verse 18 that man at one time had the truth. But notice it says he held the truth, or that word hold in verse 18 can be translated, and I think ought to be translated, hold down, smother, suppress, stifle, who held down the truth in unrighteousness. Men knew the truth, but because they would rather live an unrighteous kind of a life, they smothered the truth. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it to them. Now, verse 19 makes it clear that God had revealed himself to men in two ways. In them, that's conscience, and to them, that's creation. These are God's two great witnesses to man. The darkest corner of the world where you'll find a human being, you'll find men who in their hearts know that a God exists. Every once in a while, uh, someone stops me and says, Brother Wearsby, how can God judge the heathen when they've never heard about God? Well, that's a lie. They have heard about God. They do know that a true God exists. The problem is they don't know how to get to him. Now, the Word of God makes it clear that anyone in any nation who sincerely seeks God will be found of God. But Paul makes it clear that they know the truth in them and to them. Verse 20, For the invisible things of him, of God, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. You see, the the evidence of God's existence, his power and his wisdom, this evidence is clearly seen. Don't ever get the idea that the so-called unsaved heathen are living in darkness. They're living in spiritual darkness, but they do know the light of the truth concerning the existence of God. I think I've mentioned this before. It bears repeating. The great British missionary Dan Crawford lived for many years in the heart of Africa. He came out and he wrote a book called Thinking Black. And Dan Crawford, the missionary who lived with these people, made the statement The heathen are sinning against a flood of light. That's what Paul says. Verse 20, The invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. They know that God exists and that God has power, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, now this is interesting, Back in verse 18, they had the truth, but they suppressed it. In verse 21, they knew God, but they glorified him not as God. They wouldn't give God the glory he deserved. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to become to be wise, they became fools. Instead of accepting the revelation of the true God, they turned to human reasoning. Now, you want to know why the world is in the mess it's in today? It's simply because we have turned away from God's revelation to human reasoning. I've mentioned before the quotation from Dr. Harry Rimmer. He said, a philosopher is a blind man in a dark room looking for a black cat that isn't there. Now, I read philosophy. I enjoy reading philosophy. But as I read it, I have to smile to myself and say, these men are going down a one-way dead-end street. There are some things you'll never learn by human reasonings. You have to go to God's revelation. And so their foolish heart was darkened. 
They thought themselves to be wise. Isn't it interesting? And as you go to college, maybe you parents are going to send your sons and daughters to college, and they'll study about the Greek civilization and the great philosophers of Greece and the great democratic institutions of Greece. Today in school, we extol the virtues of Greece. And yet when Paul went to Athens to preach... He summarized all of Greek history in one sentence. You read it in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30. The times of this ignorance God has winked at. The Apostle Paul looked at Aristotle, and he looked at Socrates, and he looked at all of these great Greek thinkers, and he called their history the times of this ignorance. Now, does this mean that they didn't tell the truth? In many areas, they did tell the truth. The analyses that they give us of human institutions are very valuable. But when it came to knowing spiritual things with all of their philosophy and all of their learning, they couldn't find God. So let's go on in Romans 1. Verse 23, And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. This is where idolatry comes from. Now, did you notice the steps that are involved here? In verse 21, ingratitude. They wouldn't be thankful to God. They would not want to admit that they had to depend upon God. Ingratitude. Verse 22, ignorance. They became fools. Verse 23, idolatry. They changed or exchanged the glory of the uncorruptible God. That means a God who can't rot, a God who can't change. God cannot change. If you change, you either change for the better or for the worse. God is perfect. He cannot change for the better. And God is unchanging. He cannot change for the worse. They changed or they exchanged the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man. You see, God originally made man in his image. But man turned away from God and made gods in his own image. Now, uh, just southwest of Thessalonica, Paul wrote his letter to the Thessalonian Christians, Mount Olympus was located. Uh, some 10,000 feet high. And when you read Greek mythology, you find out that Mount Olympus was the home of the Greek gods and goddesses. Now, when you read Greek mythology, remember, this used to be their religion. This used to be the, the way they worshipped. And when you read the stories, you have to laugh out loud. How they stole each other's wives, how they got married and had children. Can you conceive of a god like that? And yet this was the official religion of the people. Now, Paul is saying here that man has made gods in his own image, but he doesn't stop there. You see, instead of glorifying God, he glorifies man, and that's the whole problem today. We are glorifying man. We are saying this is what man has done. You know, some time ago when our astronauts were on their way to the moon and then back again, that first team that went up in Apollo 11, uh, they read from the Bible, and they sought to give expression of their appreciation to, to Almighty God. And yet there are people in our country who say this is wrong. That they were sent there by NASA, and the bill was paid by American taxpayers, and they had no right to read from the Bible. I want to remind you of something. How did they know the moon was going to be there? How did they know the moon wouldn't take a vacation and dart off someplace? I'll tell you how they knew. How did their computers down in Texas know exactly where everything in the heavens would be? I'll tell you, God fixed it. You see, God, when he made this world, fixed certain laws and principles into this world. Man could never have gotten to the moon and back again apart from the scientific laws that God wrote into this universe. And I thank God that that team gave praise to God when they read from the scriptures 
and gave acknowledgement, at least from the Bible, that they appreciated and believed in what God had done for them. Now, men don't want to do this. Men want to glorify men, but they don't stop there. Once you start getting self-centered, you go down. Once you turn away from your father, you go down. They made uh, images like unto man, corruptible man. What a contrast here. The uncorruptible God and corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and even creeping things. Can you imagine worshiping insects and reptiles? Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. Now here we have step four, immorality. Notice these steps now, verse 21, ingratitude, verse 22, ignorance, verse 23, idolatry, verse 24, immorality. Friend of mine, wherever you find idolatry, you'll always find immorality. You travel this world. Wherever you find people bowing down to images, you'll find them bowing down to the lusts of the flesh. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than or rather than the Creator. Verse 25 is the Bible's definition of idolatry. What is idolatry? Worshiping and serving the creature rather than the Creator. So this answers our first question, what is idolatry? Well, it's worshiping and serving the creature rather than the Creator. Where did it come from? Well, we're going to go into that in our next lesson. We're going to show you the insidious background of idolatry. I want you to read Romans chapter 1 when you have some time and ask the Lord to give you wisdom as you seek to understand this. We have a great deal of idolatry even in our churches today. And you're going to be surprised as we'll discover in our next lesson how the devil uses idolatry for his own purposes. Well, this program is called What's the Good Word? And my name is Warren Wearsby, and I'm the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Covington, Kentucky. We're glad you've tuned our way, and we trust that the Word of God has been a blessing to your heart.